Good morning, good morning. Thank you so much for joining me. This is the lovely podcast, God's Holy Word, and I am your lovely host, Leslie Sullivan. And today we're going to take a quick look at the fruits of the spirit because I think sometimes we forget the the wonderful fruit of the spirit that we can have in our life. And this is going to be a short podcast. So let's go ahead and get started on this. And this is probably going to be um a, a series of short podcasts, just kind of short bursts. of them where they be 10 or 15 minutes so if it gets too long I'll just cut it off but let's go ahead and get started on this so it says the fruit of the spirit is love joy peace patience kindness generosity faithfulness gentleness and self-control and it says those who are in Christ are distinguished from unbelievers in that they have been gifted with the holy spirit enabling them to bear fruit So what that tells me in my faith in being a believer of Christ Jesus is that if I am a believer in Christ Jesus I am supposed to be bearing fruit in my life and it should come down to one of these. And what's interesting, you know, let's say for example, you really want to focus on joy in your life. There are so many avenues of having joy in your life. Like yes, these are just, you know, very cut and dry words, you know, just on the surface. but there's so much meaning behind each one of them. So I looked up each word even though I already know what they mean and I'm sure you do as well. It's just nice to know what is the meaning behind it. You know, just kind of get a little bit below the surface because that helps explain so many things in our life and what we should be striving for in terms of being believers in Christ Jesus. So the first one we're going to look at real quick is love and it means a profoundly tender passionate affection for another person. a feeling of warm personal attachment or deep affection as for a parent child or friend so if you love somebody you're not going to have hate so that you, sometimes it's easier to look at these like what's the opposite of what it is so that way it's kind of more of a clear understanding cuz sometimes that's how i look at things like if i'm not happy in a relationship i look at okay what am i not happy about is it just something stupid and silly that I'm just irritated about or is there something going on going on that doesn't feel very loving? Is there something going on that feels like hate? Because if there's any kind of hate, I want to address that immediately so that way it doesn't continue to brew into hatred or bitterness or things like that. The next one is joy, and it says the emotion of great delight or happiness caused by something exceptionally good or satisfying. Uh pleasure, elation. It says a source or cause of keen pleasure or delight. something or someone greatly valued or appreciated the expression or display of glad feeling festive gaiety a state of happiness or felicity i love that the next one is peace it says the normal non-warring condition of a nation group of nations or the world an agreement or treaty between warring or antagonistic nations groups etc to end hostilities and abstain from further fighting or antagonism it says a state of mutual harmony between people or groups especially in personal relations the normal freedom from civil commotion and violence of a community public order and security so you know there are so many different definitions within peace just right off the bat and by the way i'm getting these definitions from dictionary.com it's one of my favorite websites to utilize another website that i use a lot is Mary Webster but sometimes it's overloaded with ads so it slows down my computer and I don't like that so typically 
when I'm when I need a Merriam-Webster definition, I just go straight to my dictionary like an actual physical book because sometimes that's better. The next one is patience. It says the quality of being patient as the bearing of provocation, annoyance, misfortune or pain without complaint, loss of temper, irritation or the like. An ability or willingness to suppress restlessness or annoyance when confronted with delay. Quiet, steady perseverance, even-tempered care and diligence. That's a good one. I think a lot of people need that, including myself sometimes. Like I think about, you know, if we're ever at the grocery store and, you know, let's say a person in front of you has a lot of items and then they start throwing a hissy fit about an item that they think is overpriced. That's when you use your patience. If you're behind this person and you just give them a bit of the doubt and just stand there and wait or, you know, go to a different checkout line, you know, to be rung up and get out of there quickly, but it's one of those things that I think most of the time people get irritated about little things and then those little things turn into big things. So over the years I have learned to just kind of take a deep breath and just let things be and just be calm and patient and most of the time things resolve themselves. So that's the good thing about patience is the more you practice it the easier it gets and that's that's awesome. I I greatly appreciate that. The next one is kindness. It says the state or quality of being kind, a kind act, a favor, kind behavior, friendly feeling or liking. Next one is generosity, readiness in giving, sometimes liberally, freedom from meanness or smallness of mind or character. Oh, that's a good definition. I've never heard that one. It says largeness or fullness, meaning like you're you're super generous, like above and beyond what someone else gives. Like if someone gives a dollar, you give a hundred dollars. That's kind of a simplified version of that. Next one is faithfulness. It says lasting loyalty and trustworthiness in relationships, especially marriage and friendship. It says here the fact or quality of being true to one's word or commitments as to what one has pledged to do, professes to believe, the fact or quality of being dedicated and steadfast in performing one's duties, working for a cause, the quality of adhering to fact, a standard or an original accuracy the next one is gentleness and i had to look up the the definition of gentle because when i looked up gentleness it was just saying gentle this gentle that because it's reverting back to the original word which is gentle so the definition of gentle is kindly amiable not severe rough or violent but to be mild moderate and gradual the last one is self control control or restraint of oneself or one's actions feelings etc these are all fruits of the spirit and i i just think it's so neat that when we are believers in Christ Jesus we get all the benefits of this like i'll put it this way for those that are listening and that are non-believers i think the best way to see this in action is when you walk into a room and immediately you notice someone that's extremely kind. I don't know how else to describe it, but it's like they it's like they're just radiating joy. That's the fruit of the spirit of joy and technically one of the fruits of the Holy Spirit. And a lot of times when you're seeing these fruits of the spirit, you may not realize that they are from God. Like you just think, oh, it's just a kind, gentle person, they're just a gentle soul. That's just how they naturally are. 
Well, technically our natural nature is a flesh nature because we we fell from grace in the garden. So whenever someone is being kind or gentle or loving, I mean just all these wonderful things that we just discussed, it's not because of that person. Like it's not their natural will to be like that. They're actually taking on the will of our heavenly father and being kind and they may not realize they're doing that. And here's another thing. I've met some super awesome and really kind unbelievers, like people that maybe they're atheist or agnostic or you know what other some of the other words are that I'm not completely sure what they mean per se, but I've met some really kind people. Excuse me, my my allergies are acting up a little bit. Um so they're really kind, but I think what sometimes for what people forget, excuse me, is that when you have someone that's being kind and very loving and they may not even believe in Christ technically they're being Christ like in their kindness and their gentleness and their generosity so even though an unbeliever may not believe in God they may not believe in Jesus they may not believe in Christianity whatsoever in fact they may hate Christianity they they may just detest Christians because of something that happened to them years ago but when they're being kind when they're doing any of these things that we just discussed they are technically acting in a way that is very pleasing to their heavenly father because God loves them. God loves the unbeliever just as much as he does the believer. If anything, the unbeliever gets God's attention really quick because whenever an unbeliever is being kinder than a believer, it's just kind of like what in the world? It's it's kind of shocking sometimes. But in a way, that's how God pulls people to him. He wants people to be in his family because we're all children of God. So whenever there is an unbeliever being super kind, super sweet, super loving, they're technically being Christ-like and they may not even realize it. And the reason why is because I think sometimes people think that in order to be Christ-like, that you have to be super religious. That is the direct opposite of being Christ-like is. Jesus did not like religion. He did not approve of religion. And we know that from his holy word when he was speaking about the Pharisees and the Sadducees, he couldn't stand them. He called them hypocrites because they they are hypocrites and they were hypocrites. And so what you have to remember is that Jesus when he came to this earth and started his ministry, he didn't put up with with the uh current religion the people that were in charge he didn't put up with their shenanigans as you would say um and he called them out on how hypocritical they are that's why he said you know they um they need to clean the inside of the cup so that way the outside of the cup will be clean because he was using an analogy that you know these pharisees and these sadducees which were considered the religious leaders and kind of the top dogs of the church or technically we didn't have the Christian church that time not until Jesus uh was crucified and raised from the dead but they were kind of the religious leaders at the time the mullahs i would say and so um they they liked to put on these shows basically they loved it when people could hear them praying and so Jesus called them out on that and said you know what you do in private when you're speaking to your heavenly father is more important than what you're doing in public because what you're doing in public is not a real prayer it's just for show so that's why he was calling them hypocrites because he knew they didn't really mean what they were saying and doing 
It was just for a surface level look at me. It's all about me, my job, my role within this religion. And Jesus called them out on that. He said he basically was trying to say religiosity does not work. And it's not what our heavenly father created. Our heavenly father created us in his image. He did not create religion. Mankind did that. So that's what Jesus was trying to tell these Pharisees and Sadducees that hey, you missed the mark by a lot. And here's why. You're arrogant, pompous, and you're trying to just punish people all the time as opposed to being kind to God's people. Like you're not really trying to lead them to a better life. You're trying to make it so difficult that that they can't hardly get access to God. Like if I remember correctly, at this time the Jewish faith I think had like over 600 laws. But that's not how many laws Moses brought down from Mount Sinai, from God's holy mountain. There were only 10 commandments. And then all these other laws were added on. Some were important, you know, like in terms of cleanliness, um cleanliness about meat, about preparing food and things like that because they were aware of germs back then. They were aware of disease. And so that's why when they say an unclean animal, they knew not to eat that animal. They knew not to sacrifice it, not to eat from its meat and to only eat of certain things. Like that was just kind of like health and safety for them back then. Like we just have different words for it today than back then. But God was protecting his children. He was protecting his people from getting sick. So what you also have to remember is that you had these the priesthood back then which we still technically have a priesthood in different um denominations that I don't agree with everything they do but uh I mean there are some good priests out there yes but I think in terms of the old testament days you had a priesthood that really thought it was all that in a bag of chips and you had these religious leaders that they were just literally held bent on power and you know Jesus really called them out on that and that's why they hated him and that's why they had him executed. That's why they had him murdered. Like just look at it this way. Jesus is trying to preach and teach the fruits of the Holy Spirit before the Holy Spirit comes down from heaven like he he's kind of giving them a foreshadowing of more of the goodness of God that is going to come into their lives if they accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior. But they turn Jesus away. they crucify him. So instead of embracing his truth, which would also include the Holy Spirit and the gifts of the Holy Spirit, they do the opposite of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. They practice hate, they practice killing, they practice shaming, they practice lack of patience, they practice hate, like basically everything that is the opposite of the gifts of the Holy Spirit. That's what these Sadducees and Pharisees were practicing and then it really intensified when they just kind of let it all hang out in terms of their hatred towards Jesus and what he was trying to do because what they were trying to do they were trying to tell Jesus who is the messiah god's son they're trying to tell him what to do they're trying to say if you don't be our king the way we want a king then we don't want you that that's what they did that's why they turned him away because they want a king even from god to kneel to them not them kneel to the king because they were so power hungry so basically when we talk about the fruits of the spirit we're talking about what draws us closer to god as opposing to pushing us away from god so if you want an example of what not to do 
study the Sadducees and the Pharisees. Because it, it, it's definitely a doozy. It's definitely an interesting history. But um, if you want to know how to draw closer to God, focus on the, on the fruits of the Spirit. Because those are gifts to us. And they honor God. They give God the glory. Because when we give God the glory, then we're not just thinking of ourselves and thinking, oh, I, can, I did it all. I know it all. No. I can speak for myself especially on this that I can't do it all. I don't know it all and I can't do it all, but that's okay because Jesus can and he does every day. So I don't have to worry about that stuff. I still get up and work and live my life and do my best. Those are wonderful things. But just knowing that that I am a believer in Christ Jesus and I have access to the to the fruits of the spirit and that I can grow in holiness not from a from a view of religion because I don't like religion in fact I can't stand religion I don't like religiosity it, it it has always led to ruin it has always led to hate and it's always led to division you know whenever people try and tell me that I am religious I'm like I'm not religious at all their mouths drop I say I'm not religious I just believe that's it it literally is that simple and some people understand what I'm saying and some react quite negatively but I think it's because they're so indoctrinated in whatever faith they're practicing or whatever church they're going to that they're forgetting that you know Jesus didn't say you know this is what I'm going to call my church and then just pick some random name all he said was follow me that's all he said he didn't say that I'm this church or that church or this denomination or that denomination because all we're trying to do is follow Christ because we are all technically vicars of Christ so then we shouldn't have these divisions if we were all focused on the on the fruits of the spirit and focusing on Christ we wouldn't have these problems or they at least would not be as bad so i encourage you you know if you're listening to this do get a book or two on the the fruits of the spirit because i think you will really enjoy it. Um I'm trying to think I can't think off the top of my head one of the books I got that was really good. Um but I'll look that up and see but I think if you what I typically do is if I'm trying to find a theme or something just pops into my head that says hey really look at this then I just go on Amazon and I buy a ton of used books on there because they're super cheap because you don't have to buy stuff brand new. I've learned that so you can save a lot of money. So what I do is I just um go on Amazon and I look up fruits of the spirit or love or patience or you know whatever the case may be. I look that up in in the book section on Amazon and then I just buy all these used books for super cheap and I learn so much about my faith that I didn't know before so I get to grow even more in my faith and have a calmer and better lifestyle because that's that's really the goal is to have peace in our life. Because you know, one of the definitions of peace was to be not and uh, not be warring with other nations. Well, sometimes we can be warring within ourselves. We have a sometimes we feel like we have a war within our soul, and it shouldn't be like that. Jesus is our peace. The evil one is the war. If we focus on the peace, then we won't we won't have such a tough time. But also, we know that the war has already been won, so we can live in peace every day of our life. It doesn't have to be a battle. It doesn't have to be a struggle. it doesn't have to be miserable in fact we're supposed to have a wonderful life and every day of our life but i will go ahead and end that for this podcast so until next time i pray that you're happy healthy and whole and that you have a wonderful day and a wonderful week thank you so much bye bye